The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, it is your Spider-Pan, Jeremy, and I'm... You know what? I'm flying solo a lot here in the podcast. I miss having some co-host things with me, but... I know it's been kind of awkward finding times to record this, and I haven't always gotten my co-hosts going, but that's okay. We're going to have a lot of fun together. This is mainly going to be a lot of just fun news that I've come across and a few trailers, uh, along with some new information that I've found out about different things going on, and then it was something fun that uh, that has recently happened. I want to share some of my memories of, hey, guess what? Star Wars The Phantom ne- uh, I almost said The Phantom Nexus. You can understand the confusion, right? Okay, but the fandom... Oh, wow, now I almost said the fandom menace. You know what I mean? Star Wars, the phantom menace. I'm going to share some fun memories. should probably have had my wife come in here because she can share some memories. Uh, mainly, why am I going to talk about that? Well, well, we'll get into that as we talk about all the fun things going on. There's a lot of fun things going on, especially if you happen to have a PlayStation. There is some fun you can get into that I want to talk about. There's also some severe fun if you happen to have an Xbox or... Thankfully, a Steam account. We're going to talk all about that. Plus, some special guests that I found out. Hey, if you happen to be near the Kansas City area, Missouri or Kansas, doesn't matter. Planet Comic Con is coming up here in March, and I have found out about some guests. I Actually, if you're part of the Fandom Nexus Facebook group, Katie Lee shared in there that she is going to be there. Uh, Also, I just found out today that Omri Katz, Vanessa Shaw, and James Marston, you might know them all from Hocus Pocus, all going to be at Planet Comic Con, along with a whole lot of other people this year. I'm still waiting to find out if I get approval. I've had three different panel concepts that I've I've worked up. Uh, they I did contact them today and ask them. You know, I haven't heard anything. I mean, have you guys chosen your panels for the year? They've I guess been a little bit delayed on uh, choosing their panels. So hopefully, I'm going to get a decision on that very very soon. And if if so, I will let you know what panels I will be hosting. Uh, and hopefully, some of them I, I do have guests planned for these. Uh, I'm trying to collaborate with the pop culture pastors for a couple and also talk to Dan Veers, who is the head of Thank You, Walt Disney, uh, to talk to him a bit about uh, some of what he's done. And also the they've gotten a lot of uh, grants or whatever. I don't know what you'd call it, but a lot of funding to help get this uh, museum built out of the Laughingham Studios. And so I'm excited to share with with everybody all of their plans and some of the fun things going on with that. So that is some stuff I'm hoping to be able to do at planet comic-con. I'm hoping to hear back very soon if I have approval for these three panels. So I feel like I'm stepping up because I've gone from one panel to doing two panels and I'm going to do three panels. Uh, I'm going to wear myself out, but I I've just a lot of fun things I want to be able to do and a lot of information to present. I have a lot of research I need to do, but before I really dive into some of the research, I want to make sure I get these panels approved because I have some subjects that I've, I've got some familiarity on, but I want to dive even deeper and make sure I really dig in deep uh, on some of the the uh, amazing things that I wanted to be able to discuss. That should be fun. So if you happen to come to Planet Comic Con, uh, keep a lookout to see for any panels that would be connected with the Phantom Nexus or or me. Uh, 
And, but like, like I said, I will let you know which ones those are. Looking forward to seeing you there at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City here uh, in March. I believe it's the weekend of the 8th. Uh, I don't have a calendar with me that shows it. But yeah, it's, we'll be talking about that more in the future. But, uh, you know, with stuff that I've been playing, uh, there's something I definitely want to play, but I'm going to save that for later uh, because it's kind of special. Other than, of course, City of Heroes. I'm still playing City of Heroes. I'm on the, the server name that I'm on on City of Heroes Homecoming is Torchbearer. And I'd love for you all to come and join me and play. And when uh, I have a, a super group, which is kind of like would be like the Avengers. It's like we're all a, a, a main team. And it's called, it's called the Fandom Nexus. Uh, I play frequently as a character. It's called the Spider-Fan. I've also got a few other characters. Uh, if you come find me or whatever, or you will learn to send a tell uh, to to that character, uh, I would love to have you come and join me in there. And we will have some fun and superhero adventures together. At some point, I think I'm going to get some video and share that. Of course, if you go to the official Neverland Gaming channel, you will find some gameplay. And I will, I'm going to try to play City of Heroes when I get a chance and record some of it. Uh, but I've got a lot of things coming up. I've got all, like this weekend. I'm going to be busy uh, with. I'm I'm about to make an appearance on the Nerds and Jesus podcast again. We're going to discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympians, which, by the way, I will of course just have. I will record some of that and share some of it here. I want you to go to listen to her show, so you're not going to hear everything. But I I will I will make an edit of of our conversation, so you get a review of what we thought. Uh, so the first episode was going to be the first four episodes that um, we'll be recording it this weekend. Uh, she hopes to Mary Howell. Hopes to have that out the 29th. That'll be next Monday. So uh, going to be busy for the, for the weekend. So I don't know how much time I'll have to play. Plus the Chiefs, and, and maybe y'all have seen this, the Chiefs, you know, and I, I live in Kansas City. So the Chiefs are going into the AFC Championship game against the Baltimore Ravens. Going to be an intense game. Pretty intense game with the Bills. And, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey, uh, has become one of my new favorite memes thing where he was just celebrating, having a good time and shirtless up there in the booth. And just had a great time. I'm actually using it uh, as my profile picture now on Facebook. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, I know, and I'm also I'm a little bit delayed. You may have noticed we're a little behind on the podcast. Uh, had some more car troubles. If we if it's not one car, it is the other, and that tends to affect my my mental state. And if I'm not in the right mental state, I don't want to record because you don't want to hear me being grumpy and stuff like that when I get into do this show. I just don't think I can make a quality show that way. So anyways, it is time to get in some news because my goodness, there's so much crazy fun stuff to talk about. So let's get to it. Spanning the Disney and Geek universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, I'm going to start this with kind of a trailer. You heard the Xbox sound there. Let me tell there. you what you are missing, Dr. Jones. While you were playing your pointless game, I was playing you. You're wondering if maybe you should have built yourself a life of meaning. Instead of ending up here, dead and forgotten in the sands of Africa. (laughs) 
myths. History. Just different ways to interpret the past. Thousands of years of humanity's thoughts and beliefs scattered and buried. Just waiting to be found. You can't just run away from your problems, Indiana. Watch me. Throughout history, mankind has built sites of great spiritual significance. If you were to draw a line through these ancient sites around the globe, you get a perfectly aligned circle. I've had run-ins with these guys before. Trust me. It ain't a walk in the park. Okay then, let's see if you can keep up. What do you mean if I can keep up? Patron of the fallen angels, protector of the. The Great Circle. You have any idea how old that was? Okay, it's available right now for you to wish list on Steam, which I may have to do. Play X- day one with Game Pass. Okay, thank you, Interrupter. All right, but... Oh. Okay, you heard the the Xbox sound. I currently don't have a modern Xbox. I have an old Xbox 360 that's currently unplugged and just sitting on a table uh, downstairs. So it's not doing anything. I've, I've switched over completely to the PlayStation. And Bethesda is the one uh, releasing this. Um, it's being produced by Todd Howard. Uh, there's a company, it's like Machine something rather. I forgot what it's called now, who I guess has been working on this. This is a first-person perspective Indiana Jones game called Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Let me read for you the description here on Bethesda's um, official YouTube channel. Uncover one of history's greatest mysteries in Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, a first-person, single-player adventure set between the events of Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. The year is 1937. Sinister forces are scouring the globe for the secret to an ancient power connected to the Great Circle, and only one one person can stop them, Indiana Jones. You'll become the legendary archaeologist in this cinematic action-adventure game from Machine Games. There it is. The award-winning studio behind the recent Wolfenstein series. Haven't played those. Maybe I should. Uh, And executive produced by Hall of Fame game designer Todd Howard, who is known best for the Elder Scrolls series. I think you would would probably be familiar with that. You know, like Skyrim and stuff like that. Uh, Also, this you might have maybe recognized the voice there of being Troy Baker, a great voice actor in games. Uh, plays Joel, of course, in the Last of Us game series. Uh, voice a lot of different characters, uh, and doing a pretty good Indiana Jones voice. If you do, if I don't, if, yep, if I do say so myself, I'm quite impressed. 
with what he sounds like. Uh, I mean, it's he does sound a, a lot like a young Harrison Ford. You can tell the difference. He's not quite the same, but he does have that young Harrison Ford kind of thing. And uh, they did do a really good job when you get to see what Ian Jones looks like. He does look kind of, I mean, it's a little different. They, you know, because if you don't get Harrison Ford completely involved, I guess, in the game, I don't know if you're allowed to make him look exactly like it, but, but even some of the mannerisms and the face, it does look like a young Harrison Ford. Uh, it's going to be an Xbox, a Microsoft exclusive, but it will be available on Steam. I don't think you're ever going to see this on PlayStation because, you know, Microsoft bought Bethesda. So that makes it a problem. That's all right. I'm still going to get Final Fantasy VII Rebirth as an exclusive to the PlayStation. Then eventually, I guess the PC will get it later. So, you know, I, I do have my ways to console myself. I don't play a lot of games on a PC, really, but I might have to go and get this one because this looks like, I mean, it looks cool. I don't play a lot of first-person shooters. And this is different because you have a whip and the whip kind of looks weird from first person uh but yeah i i'm I'm in i'm in i want to check it out okay but that was not part of the trailer park that was news all right so not everything's going to have a nice trailer for you but harry potter tv series zeros on a premise as selected writers pitch their ideas to max this from deadline uh now what's weird to me is okay so let me read some of this to you uh, in April, Warner Brothers Discovery revealed that a series based on the classic Wizarding World will be coming to its streaming service, Max. Deadline understands that things in Potter World are now heating up with a marathon of pitches underway from writers vying for the right to adapt J.K. Rowling's seven books. Now, I don't know um, what's going on with having a team of writers that are pitching ideas. I mean, I guess you want to do something different from the original movie series, but Frankly, the movie series didn't keep everything that was in the book. So, I mean, honestly, if you want to keep the Harry Potter fans happy, stick to the books. But right now, Martha Hillier, Kathleen Jordan, Tom Moran, and Michael Leslie are among those who are presenting their visions to the streaming service. And Warner Brothers Television, sources said, it's an interesting mix of Brits and Americans. And we've heard that a group of writers are, were commissioned by Max to create pitches for a series reflecting their take on the IP. So we get to have somebody else's take other than J.K. Rowling's. Um, okay. We hear the first round of pitch meetings happened in Los Angeles this week, and sources said that the top choices will go on to the next round in the U.K. Sounds like they're competing. It is unclear how involved Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, who lives in Edinburgh, Scotland, has been with the process, but she is expected to be involved in the decision-making on the series, which she executive produces. Deadline also understands that there may also be an opportunity for more than one of these writers to be involved, and that Max is open to the possibility of developing more than one idea based on Harry Potter. Uh, I had thought originally hearing about this, that it was going to be adapting the books and you know, put all those details in there that were kind of left out. And maybe there's some extra details maybe that J.K. Rowling maybe had wanted to put in, but just didn't fit it in. Who knows? You know, maybe a few extra details. Uh, from her, you know, movie series, uh, we've got a little bit of background on Dumbledore over the last three, uh, three films released for the Wizarding World. So it uh, could be something like that. But Deadline also does talk about a lot of the uh, writers and what they've worked on, uh, different things for Netflix and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to look that up, you can, of course, check it out, of course, at Deadline.com. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. Also, something else that I found on Deadline while I was looking at that. Uh, Y'all happen to be fans of anime, and you know, specifically Studio Ghibli. Uh, but the headline here says Studio Ghibli anime The Boy and the Heron achieved multiple box office milestones. Now, I know my wife really wants to see this. I want to get her out to see it because she really does love um, Miyazaki, uh, if I'm remembering to say his name properly. 
But this uh, this movie is blazing a trail for anime in Europe, Asia, and North America, is what it says here on Deadline. Following its Golden Globes win last week, or well, I guess this might have been a couple of weeks ago. How long ago was this? I don't know. But they won a Golden Globe. <laughs> I think it has been a couple of weeks. And it's, it's, it's a first ever for a non-English animated feature. The movie has crossed multiple box office milestones in Europe. That has grossed 3.9 million pounds in the UK box office to date, making it Hayao Miyazaki's highest grossing title ever in the UK and Ireland, beating the likes of Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, and Ponyo. It's also the second highest grossing anime title of all time in the UK and Ireland box office, behind only Pokemon, the first movie, and has become the biggest anime release in the UK and Ireland in more than 20 years. It's already a, also a top grossing original anime film ever released here in North America, 42 million and counting, and in Japan, 56 million. In Italy, the film is tracking to be about five times more than the largest Japanese anime to date, having beaten any previous animes by the third day of release. Currently stands at 4.3 million after being released first week of January. Uh, and this article goes on to mention what has in Germany, and then it starts to give a little bit uh, about some of the characters and what the story is about, but I'm not going to go and spoil any of that and tell you anything. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, doing really well. We've got uh, some some uh, Japanese films actually doing pretty good. In fact, another one, Godzilla Minus One, which I need to get out there and check that out. They're re-releasing it in black and white. And uh, you know, this was released in Japan January 12th already. And uh, the North American audience has embraced this film. Uh, Takashi Yamazaki, who's the director and writer and a visual effects supervisor, says very is pleased to apparently release a black and white version for North America as well. Uh, they're calling it Godzilla minus one minus color, and this it kind of makes sense to do this. I don't think it's you know like oh Justice League. Remember we got a black and white Justice League? No, but it's like this is it's going back to like the original Godzilla film and being a black and white. So it's kind of a nice little homage to the history of the character. Uh, but this has been like the highest grossing Japanese live action or animated film released stateside. And it's actually, it was like number one, five highest gro- number five, sorry, highest grossing non-English language film in the U S box office. Well, this was uh, a, a little while back. Who knows? It might've made a little bit more money. I think it's still out playing. Uh, I have not gotten a chance to check it out. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd rather see it in black and white or in color. Personally, I kind of like to see it in color. Black and white might be just kind of a fun experience, but, uh, you know, um, there is, you know, I, you know, I don't really cover Disney so, so much anymore, but there was a Disney and a Disney Imagineer showed some new tech off in a YouTube video. And I want to share a little bit of this. Come on in. Hey, how are you? This is hey, Lenny Smoot, by the way. Great to see you. We heard about your upcoming induction into the National Inventors Hall of Fame, and we know you're very busy, but we just had to stop by and say congrats. You know, that's great. Come on in. Come on in. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So this is where you quite literally make the magic. This is exactly where the ideas are hatched and where we prove them out. Wow. So wait, how did you even get started working in research and development? You know, I've had a long career. Um, 20 years with the Bell System, Bell Labs, Bell Communications Research, Telcordia doing research for the telecommunications network. 25 years ago, I came here to Walt Disney Imagineering R&D, and I've been here for all that time inventing and having fun. Wow, so you've been here for quite a while, obviously. And yes. So what does being an Imagineer mean to you? You know, being an Imagineer is using technology in service of making people happy. Come on, that's the world's greatest job. Okay, and I, if you want to watch the entire video, it is up at Disney Park's official YouTube channel. 
But uh, Lanny Smoot uh, is, you know, winning this great award. But he's he's done like when Madame Leota that's floating inside Haunted Mansion where she floats around. She's all he's also been the guy who's gotten the Star Wars lightsabers now that are uh, now the current state of the art ones that they're using in shows. Uh, he's being inducted in the National Inventors Hall of Fame, as you heard. And I just thought it was very neat. Um, and this is he's the first Imagineer actually receiving this recognition. And only the second individual from the Walt Disney Company to be inducted, the first being Walt Disney himself, who was honored posthumously for the multiplane camera. And I thought that was just a neat story. So, you know, I know we don't cover Disney, but that was just cool. I think that he got that honor, and I wanted to share it with you all. Because I like to share good news when, when nice things happen. Now, here's been probably the weirdest story. Uh, and uh, the, right, let's hop over to Entertainment Weekly here. And the, the headline says, Polly Shore becomes Richard Simmons in a new short film, The Court Jester. Uh, and it's it, there's a quote here that says, You're nuttier than a squirrel turd. The actor will also play the oldies love and fitness guru, guru in a forthcoming feature. Now, I did watch this, uh, and you can find this uh, on YouTube, The Court Jester film, uh, this little short film. I watched it. Uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, there's a bit of language. There's there are two uses of an F-bomb that will get you an R rating, although the message behind the movie is very good. I think it's pretty good. Now, Polly Shore is kind of older. He looks you know, kind of like an older Richard Simmons. Um, so I guess if they're making a biopic about him, it would be a little bit older. Uh, but this is uh, this short here, the written directed by Jake Lewis, the 10 minute project premiered la- at uh, the cabin in Park City, Utah, on the ongoing 2024 Sundance Film Festival. An additional screening is set to be held in the cabin on January 22nd, which would have been last night at the time that I'm recording this. Uh, you can, of course, it's the Lewis Brothers YouTube channel. You can go and watch this right now. They got a quote here from Pony, Polly, Pony. My goodness, Polly Shore, a quote from him. I'm really excited about sharing Richard Simmons' life with the world. We all need this biopic now more than ever. Simmons represented mental health, getting people in shape, and being his authentic, silly self. Whenever he was on TV, you could never take your eyes off of him, and he brought such a joy to his appearances that represented nothing but a good time. Uh, the heartfelt film follows an ignored, belittled segment producer named David, played by Jesse Hyman. Believe me, when you see him, you're going to recognize him, who has a life-changing encounter with Shore Simmons' Uh, Polly Shore as Richard Simmons. It's kind of weird the way they phrase that if you're not reading it and I'm reading it to you. Uh, while working backstage at a popular Ellen-like talk show, during their brief run-in, Simmons encourages David to love himself and find moments of peace in this everyday life. And there's a quote in here. I hope I'm not spoiling this for you by reading this article. Uh, if you like yourself, you're going to be fine. And I have a sense you haven't been the kindest person to yourself lately, have you? Uh, but if I'm wrong, just say, Richard, you're nuttier than a squirrel turd. So, we have a, a forthcoming, well, wait, I said earlier this week, Simmons renounced that forthcoming film in a Facebook statement. So we have actually heard from Richard Simmons. And what did he say? He said, hi, everybody. You may have heard that they may be doing a movie about me with Polly Shore. I have never given my, given my permission for this movie, so I don't believe everything you read, he wrote. I no longer have a manager, and I no longer have a publicist. I just try to live a quiet life and be peaceful. Thank you for all your love and support. In response, the Wolper organization issued a statement that the film aims to pay tribute to Simmons' life and work. Here's another quote. While we would love to have him involved, we respect his desire to privacy and plan to produce a movie that honors him, celebrates him, and tells a dramatic story. We know he is deeply private, and we would never want to invade that. However, he is an amazing person that changed millions of people's lives, and the effect he has had on the world needs to be recognized. So there you go. So uh, it looks like this movie's moving forward without Richard Simmons himself. And, uh, you know, 
I wonder if he'll actually see it. Maybe he'll go and check it out and see what they say. Because if they say something nice about him, he's probably going to want to check it out. Okay. I do want to remind you about Dubby. If you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, you'll find a big Dubby logo where you can go to W.GG. The discount code is Neverland. Get yourself a nice discount on some energy drink powders that you mix with water. You can even get the water bottle. This is prom- They're promising this is great for gamers because it's not going to give you the jitters. And the jitters is something you don't want while playing City of Heroes with me, right? Or you wouldn't want the jitters if you're playing as Indiana Jones looking at this great circle. So go and check it out. Dubby, get yourself a nice discount. I get a little kickback when you do, and it helps out the show. But now it's time to go to the trailer park. Mama, another gator got in the house. Another gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. And what's funny, I go and I look at my links after the trailer park. Seems I had that link for the Indiana Jones game in the trailer park as well. But that's more of a news than a trailer. But there was one trailer I wanted to share with you, and it just dropped today. So I'm glad I got a little bit delayed so I can share it with you. Uh, and my wife pointed out, uh, she she heard the audio. She was making soup for herself uh, that she takes for lunch. And she heard this trailer and saying, well, I'm guessing most of this was visual. And I guess it is. Uh, but this is Avatar, The Last Airbender, an official trailer for Netflix, a series, a live-action series. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a listen to this. The Fire Nation is embarked on a dark path. And the world might never recover. The world needs the Avatar. It needs you, Aang. The Fire Nation has destroyed everything in their path. is going to have any chance. It's going to need Aang. Right. There goes the savior of the world. I chased down every hint of the Avatar. It's my destiny. I'm not someone who can stop the Fire Nation. I don't want the responsibility. You don't have to do this alone. You have me, Tara, and a flying ball of fur. What more do you need? The world needs you. Remember what it is we're really fighting for. The ones we love. I'm the Avatar, and I'm going to save the world with my friends. February 22nd, only on Netflix, the last Avatar, the last Airbender live action series. Now, uh, I have not been a fan of this franchise, 
because I the animation is so bad to me and so choppy that I could not watch it. And it's very childish in the early episodes, and I, I, I just could not get into it. But uh, I think, you know, as a live action, this looks very cool. I'm going to give this a shot as a live action and check it out. Uh, I mean, visually, this looks really pretty amazing. The effects look really cool. Apparently, the story is really good. That it's captured the imagination of people all over the world. So I will sit down and I will watch this as a live action. But I, I just couldn't get into the animated one because the the animation was just so choppy. And it's a problem I've actually even had with those animated Spider-Man films, even though they're really good. That the choppy and the style of animation, I still just don't like it. And even the ones on that Ninja Turtles uh, Mutant Mayhem, uh, I didn't like that animation style. But I did manage to sit through a movie. But I couldn't watch through an entire like TV show that way. Uh, but this is, I think, a you know a good place for Netflix. I mean, after One Piece and getting the original creator of One Piece to come and create that One Piece live action. And it was a great season, that first season. Uh, so if, if they at least got some of the original creators of the Avatar uh, story to come back on this, I think they've got something that's going to be really, it's going to be a hit. And I think people are really going to enjoy it. But as the only movie trailers that I have for you, uh, let's take another quick break for some of our sponsors. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Okay, now I promised I was going to tell you something I had been playing other than City of Heroes this week that's kind of, a, I think, a big deal. For those of you that uh, own a PlayStation and you have the, uh, you know, they have their, their PlayStation Plus membership and they have like three different tiers to where uh, I pay the whole seventeen ninety nine so I can get uh, access to classic games. Well, recently they have released Star Wars The Phantom Menace, the old PlayStation game, PlayStation 1 game, available to play on a PS5. And the nice thing is, they give you some features to be able to rewind your gameplay. So if you make a mistake, you can rewind it back and whoops, don't make that mistake. And I even discovered that there's a cheat code that I used to use back in the PlayStation. It still works. And this will enable you to level skip and also enable you to, well, at least not die. You're not invincible, but you won't die unless you fall into a major hazard that will completely destroy you. But through combat, you won't die, which is kind of handy because the combat is ridiculously brutal because frankly, and I did see somebody on YouTube saying, oh, it's the greatest game ever. No, it wasn't. It was not a good game. But I I, I, re, I had uh, pre-ordered it, man. I was I was anticipating this game. Gaming magazines were talking about this game, and I was excited about it and everything, and I bought it, and I did play quite a bit of it. But it's extremely unforgiving for a lot of its flaws that the game had. Like, uh, you, when you get to Mos Espa on Tatooine, you'll be attacked by random people who will just walk up and shove you. And if you try to push back, you might accidentally hit the wrong person. And the next thing you know, well, nobody will, you're trying to go buy parts, you know, for your T-15, whatever. You can't buy those parts because no one will want to sell or interact with you. And guards will say, you're a no good killer. You know, if you've accidentally killed somebody. So you're better off. Just let everybody injure you and shove you. Because if you try to defend yourself, you're likely going to cause something. And sometimes you can't tell what you did because I got attacked and was getting shot at by Jawas. 
you kill the Jawas and oh, oh, you triggered it. No good killer. So it's kind of nice to be able to rewind to say, okay, let's go back before this incident because it must have happened in this incident. And it's probably because they are not, you're not good at reflecting shots. You're pretty much going to hold down your attack button for your lightsaber and uh, let them deflect shots. And they're going to go everywhere. And you're not even good at deflecting shots. You're going to take a lot of hits. So the combat is extremely unforgiving. You're not going to be able to deflect every shot comes at you because there'll be a ton of them coming at you. And they're not all going to reflect directly into the battle droid or enemy that fired it at you. It might hit like innocent people and of course cause problems for you. And you're a no good killer and no one will want to uh, deal with you or sell you the parts you need. Not even Anakin wants to interact with you at this point. So it's got a lot of problems. But it was just kind of fun to play with. This is the first time we really got to play as a Jedi. Now, later on, of course, we would have Jedi power battles, which was also based off the Phantom Menace as far as like the storyline. But it was more of a, uh, a like a, tried to make a beat em up, which I always thought was weird. It was it wasn't a bad game. Uh, of course, I, I had to pre-order and get that one, too. Uh, but it was it played like a beat em up, which is weird with a lightsaber that I that I'd have to repeatedly hit a battle droid with a lightsaber to knock it out. Or, or cut it apart. It that was just very weird, and it just it didn't make any sense to me to do a beat 'em up like that. So I, you know, I always thought that game was awkward. I don't think anyone really got it right until the Lego games, right? Okay. <laughs> Once we start getting those Lego Star Wars games, now we, I felt like we had a Phantom Menace. I said Phantom, a Phantom Menace game that was really fun to play and really captured the feel of this fun Star Wars with a bit of silliness and humor that because of course it was Lego. Um, so that was, I think the Lego games were much better than this, but it has been fun to sit and kind of play with that. I haven't streamed it or recorded anything. I couldn't, it what the PlayStation five will not allow you to record your gameplay. I don't know if it would have allowed me to stream it. Uh, but you know, I, I didn't go right that far into it. I think I'm somewhere on course and right now I've played up that far. Uh, the puzzles are not really well thought out. It, you frequently get lost and don't know what it is you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to go. Uh, so it's, I mean, it really, in a lot of ways, it is not a great game, but it features John Williams music. Um, and you know, most of the voice actors are, are completely different, but it sounds like it is the original voice for Jar Jar in there. Uh, and it, it is a lot of fun, but I, I remember the hype for this game coming out, the, uh, magazines, uh, one particular magazine, probably the official PlayStation magazine. I used to get that one, that and another one that was PSM for PlayStation magazine. That was an unofficial, but also a very good one. The official PlayStation magazine was great because you'd get like demos of games uh, on a disc with every magazine. So I had a subscription, but I remember one of them talking to the developers and said it was interesting to create a character where you're a Jedi. Cause normally in a game like this, you want to have a progression and get more powerful, like an RPG style thing. Your, your character gets stronger as you go. But in this, you're already starting out as a Jedi. You're already awesome. So like, where are you going to progress from that? So they uh, were trying to figure out how to, make it still challenging and make it work like that. And by trying to make it challenging, they made it to where you're almost useless. (laughs) And, but if you try to use something other than your lightsaber and to, uh, if you pick up a blaster, the blaster is not as powerful as the lightsaber is. So it'll take several shots compared to like a few hits with a lightsaber to kill stuff. Uh, But you were allowed to force push, but that was the only force power you really had was a push and it had to recharge. So you're not really that powerful. As a Jedi, I, I really, you really aren't. Uh, you, know, you did have some dialogue options that you could use the Force to manip- manipulate a mind, a weak-minded or whatever, uh, have a strong influence or whatever. Uh, so that was kind of cool. But, yeah, they, they really had not perfected making a good Star Wars game at this point. Right? I mean, but this, but before this, 
the best thing I think we had in Star Wars games was probably those Super Nintendo games. If you ever played those trilogy that LucasArts had made, those were great. Those were the, the best ones that I had played. Now, I, I know some of you are probably saying the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter games were better, but I never got a chance to play those at the time. Uh, those, I think, have been re-released, and you can't play them. And So if you really enjoyed those, go for it. Uh, but I remember also the, the, the anticipation. I almost said participation. Uh, the anticipation for this movie, uh, my now wife, we were not even, I think, dating at the time when the first movie was coming out, but we waited in line to order tickets, uh, to get tickets to go to an early morning show. Uh, I have a friend that went to a midnight show, and then he barely got any sleep, and then he went with us to the early morning show as well. Uh, but it was kind of great to go in there, and there wasn't a lot of people in the theater on that Friday morning for us to go and watch it. And uh, the, the next time I, I saw it multiple times in theaters, the next time we saw it in the theater, it was packed and it was a lot more fun in a packed theater full of star Wars fans. And then, what the wild thing is, is I mean, and even uh, when the, I mean, this was news everywhere, like the news stations were covering it, and you can find video of everybody saying how great they, how much they enjoyed the movie. And I did see at least one person say, it's like, well, this was a good movie. It, just, it didn't feel like a good star Wars movie, but it was definitely a good science fiction movie. Uh, so people were enjoying it. And uh, I don't. I didn't realize that people were supposed to have not had enjoyed it until the Clerks animated series, and they uh, had a lawsuit or whatever, of, like that the characters were having again. And they, well, they were in court for some other reason, but they brought George Lucas in to get their money back for the Phantom Menace, uh, which is weird because I mean Kevin Smith is a huge Star Wars fan and was like super excited to visit the set of the sequel movies and everything. Um, and there's even a lot of Star Wars jokes in, in his, a lot of his films. But that was the first time I heard that apparently people had not liked it. Now, I, I can say Jar Jar did get annoying after a, while, a few viewings. The first time he's, oh, well, that's funny, you know. Uh, but it seemed kind of childish. And so, but, you know, the, when you consider the original films, you know, he was meaning, meaning to make a children's film out of the first one in a way. You know, but more of, I think, a family film. And so you do something that will appeal to the children. And that's kind of what Jar Jar was. And that's actually what 3PO and R2-D2 were. They kind of appealed to children at the time when these movies first came out, the original trilogy. So, I mean, I see what he was doing, and maybe the character didn't work out quite for everybody, but, you know, generations after mine have enjoyed Jar Jar and Ahmed Best, the, the actor, and they've really given him a good reception at conventions. So, you know, it, everyone's got different tastes. But I enjoyed The Phantom Menace. I still like that movie. Um, and, and, and of the prequel trilogy, that's still probably my one of my top ones the second one I, I don't really like much at all the third one it felt rushed but it has a great dramatic fight between uh, anakin and obi-wan i do love that i mean it's got a lot of good stuff in that third one uh but phantom menace felt like it had more of a developed story and everybody complains oh it's, it's like about trade disputes or whatever that sounds more that doesn't sound like star wars it's, it's all the stuff going on behind the scenes that makes that film and i people kind of like, well i understand there's stuff going on blah 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 but it's like that's the whole thing is Palpatine is manipulating system and getting sympathy to get him in position as chancellor as they had a, That's what that entire movie about is Palpatine manipulating the system and playing both sides as Darth Sidious. And that's what's going on. And in fact, I've had it uh, heard pointed out in several podcasts. If you get to the end of the film and you listen to the celebration theme going on there on Naboo, it's actually the emperor's theme, but played at more of a major key. So it's it's really kind of fun because you see the real victor here is Palpatine because he's chancellor. So it's very, very cool how that all works together. And I remember being super excited about Liam Neeson being in the film and buying the soundtrack early. And those of you who bought the soundtrack, you probably know uh, you didn't want to read the uh, track titles on the back. 
But when you see a soundtrack for a movie, you end up flipping the, the CD over and looking at track titles. And there was a major spoiler. Qui-Gon's Noble End. We didn't know that was supposed to happen. And then we read the back. And I would used to tell people when they would go and pick it up, I'd have the CD with me. I'd be listening to it in the computer lab or something at college. And I'd tell people, don't read the back. And they'd look at it and like, oh, no. And they'd read the back, you know. Uh, that kind of became a big thing. And I think um, they were more careful about what they were calling the, the tracks after that time. So they didn't spoil things. And that's really about all I've got for you. I mean, normally we would do maybe something called the, the Neverland story time we used to do. And I would play probably the audio of a storybook from the Phantom Menace. But due to like copyright and stuff, I don't think that's a good idea for me to do. So I think we better just wrap this up. I want to remind you, of course, to go to NeverlandPodcast.com and find also a link for Podgagement. If you happen to have a podcast, you'd like to get your reviews from around the world. Daniel J. Lewis has a great little business there. You go in there and click in there. Find out how you can get reviews sent to your email from around the world because Apple's not going to show you all of your reviews from around the world. They're going to show you our own country. We'd also like to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping me out with the introduction of this. Don't forget, you can send us an email, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, NeverlandPCast. Find us on Facebook. I mainly have a group that I'm interacting with and doing most stuff. That is, of course, under Neverland Podcast. You can join the Neverlanders on our website. Become a Lost Boy or Pixie. Choose a nickname and why you've chosen that. I remember, of course, we have Pixies because girls are too clever and they don't get lost like us boys do. All right, don't forget, also, we do have a Patreon page you can donate through to patreon.com slash Podcast. You'll find that link on the website. As well, as so you look in your show notes, you can find a way to get exclusive versions through uh, through our Red Circle account that I'm paying for everything. That you can get an exclusive, and based on what this all means, the exclusive versions, no ads other than the ones that I read for you. You won't have those professional ads put in there, so you, know, you save yourself a little bit of time listening to ads, and you help the show out at the same time. Well, that's where I'm going to wrap this show up. If you're here to come back to us next week, I'm going to, I'll be speaking with Mary Howell of the Nerds on Jesus podcast about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So make sure you're here for that. So now, as we say at the end of every, every show, get lost. In an adventure. And I'll see you next time.